time for the best coverage of the top stories in sports. The Sports Wrap with Jason Page starts now. Thank you, Chad Erickson, and thank you to all of you for being with us on this Wednesday edition of the show. Coming up in about 20 minutes, Andrew Marchand, New York Post sports media columnist. Get into the Pat McAfee, ESPN, Aaron Rodgers, Jimmy Kimmel kerfuffle. What does it all mean going forward? Can that relationship be repaired right now as far as Pat McAfee and ESPN is concerned? We'll get into that. Uh, Sam Yarnell will be by. We'll have something to consider. We'll get into all the NFL wildcard notes that you need. But we start things out in college football and a little post-mortem with our friend Bill Bender, who does a terrific job at the Sporting News. He was in Houston at NRG Stadium for the Michigan Conquest of Washington. They are your national champions. And, Bill, I kind of talked myself into this idea that Washington could do something no other team was able to do this year against Michigan, and maybe we just all underestimated how good that Michigan defense was because they Washington couldn't get anything done. Yeah, I picked Michigan by a touchdown, and, and for a good bit of the game, it was a touchdown. It was. And Washington, it's not, I think Washington, some of it was lack of execution, missing an open receiver. But what Michigan was able to accomplish that – few other teams were is they made Michael Penix uncomfortable with their alignments with the ability to keep they tested his patience they didn't allow deep shots and they hit him enough that they didn't sack him a lot but I think they just threw off the timing of that offense with that interior defense as usual so yeah that Wolverines defense was fast it executed well and they were playing with I mean, they're, like I wrote for us, there was just nothing stopping this team. Not the NCAA, not the Big Ten, not any of these teams, not Jim Harbaugh. They, they just they won in everybody's face. That's the phrase I keep using. Yeah, it's it, it was perseverance. I mean, through every obstacle thrown in front of them, self-created or not, um, this team was able to, to push through just about everything put in front of them throughout the entire season. But here's an interesting question. Total hypothetical. If Georgia winds up in the playoff and that championship game is against is against Georgia, do they win? Do you think they're better than Georgia on a on a neutral site? Their home run swing isn't better than Georgia's, the way I would put it. If Georgia plays their best game and Michigan plays their best game, Georgia wins. But any number of things could happen. I think it would have been a lot closer than the last time they played on that stage when it was thirty four to eleven in the play, semifinals of the playoffs. I think JJ McCarthy. They, he didn't have to do a lot. He made one clutch throw no, on the crossing route to Loveland. You could say there was a hold, but that was what made me laugh, Jason, is all these, there was this uproar about missed holding calls, and I'm thinking, do you really think the ACC refs are, are, are throwing this game for <laughs> Michigan of all teams? Come on. They, they just missed a few calls. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, and, and it's kind of funny when you mention McCarthy because – Ultimately, I almost feel like people don't really understand how good he is because of the style of offense that this team runs and and a game where they just ran it down Washington's throat. I, I have a feeling that much of the nation doesn't know how good he actually is and won't until he gets to the next level. Yeah, he's another guy that I think will be better in the pros, believe it or not. I don't know if that translates to first-round quarterback. I think his ability to extend plays. And, and keep in mind, Michigan's receivers aren't – Roman Wilson will play in the league. Cornelius Johnson will play in the league. But those guys aren't 
their number fours in the NFL. Mm. Three is their fours at best. And and he's working with that. And you give him, you know, the receivers that Penix has, yeah. Or you give him Ohio State receivers who was recruiting him. Ohio State's future might be a little bit different with what they have. So, yeah, I think he's talented. But as Jim Harbaugh talked about, a lot of it's the intangibles, the just leadership. That team rallies around him. That team had a lot of veteran leaders that they just weren't bothered by any of the noise that they created. And to some extent, we created, I would say. Um, Move to Harbaugh. Shift the attention to him for a second. Do you feel like we watched him coach his final game at Michigan on, on Monday night? I do, but I don't, you know, he's so unpredictable, you know, and I knew the canned answer was all weekend and we were getting, a, I don't know if a chuckle was right, but he, he overused that. I'm hoping to have a future. I'm hoping there's a tomorrow. You kind of roll your eyes. Um, the NFL makes sense at this point because you see that he's accomplished what he was out there to accomplish. I think he would rather put up with the the structure of the NFL with the draft and free agency. There's no like major issue in the NFL right now. You know what I mean? You can create a compet the competitive field is pretty even. There are major off the field issues in college football right now with the portal and the you know NIL and not to mention you know they're under investigation for other things. He was the only thing he will open up and really slam is this idea of revenue sharing. He wants that to happen. So, yeah, I don't I don't know that he's going to stay for that fight, though. Do you feel like he's almost, that, that, that part of the calculus in this is he wants to be a GM at the next level? Because in college football, he basically is the GM and coach. Do you get the sense that he would need that, and if he couldn't get that at the NFL, that he might tough it out and whatever's coming down the pike from the NCAA and come back. That he's that he's going to kind of weigh one versus the other in that way. Well, the, there's this consensus. What do we always hear about Jim Harbaugh? He wears on people. So you're going to give him the GM job too, and how many coaches are really good at that part? I think it's, it's a recipe for disaster, but he may want it. <laughs> right, and I don't know that that's what he's asking for, but if it is, maybe some teams are reluctant to do that because of his unpredictability because of this notion that he's goofy and quirky and all those things, which he comes across in the press conference like that. But I always say like there's something going right behind the closed doors because those players love him. They absolutely love him. And uh, you know, the 49ers players loved him until it wore out. And I don't know if he's worn out Michigan's players and I don't know, you know, but Ward Manuel was in his press conference at the end president was they're trying to keep him. Whether they believe that or not, they are trying to keep them. Yeah, they certainly are. Uh, spending some time with Bill Bender here on the show. I want to get into it with him uh, in sort of a look ahead to the 2024 college football season. I know we just finished 23, Bill, and you're probably ready to go on vacation. But I got to get a couple of thoughts from you as it relates to the uh, 2024 campaign and what this offseason looks like around college football. Bill Bender hanging out with us on the show today. We'll get his thoughts on a whole host of issues facing college football for 2024 and beyond. I'm Jason Page. Good to have you all with us. A Wednesday edition of the Sports Wrap continues. Good to have you with us.
Cool. Over 13 do, uh, million second. Americans were affected by identity theft in 2022, and the threats go way beyond just credit card fraud. Today's identity thieves can use your information in ways that are easy to miss by just monitoring accounts and credit, like opening loans, transferring home titles, even committing crimes. Someone got my social security number, made a driver's license, and was used for criminal activity. You can do so much with a social security number that I didn't know could happen. They drained my bank account. It was terrifying. You're even more vulnerable than you realize. Your information is exposed through online shopping, banking, even corporate data breaches. No wonder there's a new victim of identity theft every three seconds. Only LifeLock alerts you to the widest volume of threats all in one place, like someone trying to use your social security number, open a new loan in your name, or even commit a crime in your name. There was a big yes button and there was a big no button. I clicked, that's not me, and LifeLock took it from there. If you become a victim of identity theft, a dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will be assigned to your case and work to fix the issue on your behalf. If something happens, you have somebody fighting for you. All LifeLock members are backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package, including reimbursement for stolen funds, personal expenses, and coverage for lawyers and experts up to $1 million. It can be dangerously easy to steal your identity. With LifeLock, it's easy to help protect yourself. I will be with LifeLock forever. Join the millions of people already protected by LifeLock. And for a limited time, save 25% on your first year with promo code 25TV. All plans include a 60-day money-back guarantee. Call 800-710-7531 or visit lifelock.com slash 25TV to save 25% on your first year of identity theft protection. Enroll now. Attention families with a loved one in a nursing home. If your loved one has suffered from bed sores, falls, broken bones, dehydration, or even death, you may be entitled to a substantial settlement. If you have a loved one who is injured in a nursing home, we will find out what happened. State violations are found against nursing homes every day. You have a limited time to file your claim, so don't wait. Call 800-398-5999 and speak with one of our attorneys. The call is confidential and free. Sports Wrap continues on this Wednesday. Andrew Marshand of the New York Post coming up in just a couple of minutes. Get thoughts with him on the Pat McAfee, ESPN, Aaron Rodgers, Jimmy Kimmel drama that's unfolding. Um, Bill, this is a different offseason than most with, you know, basically the dissolving of, of a couple of conferences. How does that sort of change this this offseason around college football? Obviously, the transfer portal is also a, a part of the conversation as well. Um, give me some thoughts on that if you can. Well, you know, this was the end of an era with the four-team era. I, I think college football is on unstable ground to some extent with these the NIL, the trans, you just hear them all grouped in together and they're all super separate issues. The transfer portal is a separate issue from NIL and revenue sharing versus realignment. They're all three different silos. So the realignment talk is this next era is just stands to benefit the SEC and the Big Ten more than everybody else. They're going to have the most playoff teams, they're going to generate the most TV revenue, the gaps are going to continue to grow. I'm not somebody that wants the ACC to go away though. I'm not somebody that liked that the Pac-12 was gone because I think some of the regional feel of this sport, the sole 
if you want to use kind of a cliche of sorts. <laughs> it, it has, it doesn't have one right now. No, it really doesn't. Um, transfer portal storylines, guys that are that are still sitting out there, and you know you've got guys committing and changing and all and all of this. Um, try and give me a sense for for what you think. Um, again, the the sort of compression of these conferences and, and teams moving into other places, you know, sort of how all that impacts what we're going to see here over the next over the next couple of months. I mean, it's just hard to manage a roster. You know, I, I think Nick Saban had a great point when they were saying that recruits were asking him if he'll be there in four years and he could turn around and ask the same question. <laughs> and every FBS coach can do that now. So it it's weird. You know, it's hard. I, I take way less stock in recruiting rankings now mm. because I'm like, you know, five or six of those guys are gone. Playing time is always the issue, though. Playing time is the number one issue from the time you're in fourth grade through your professional career, guys want to play. And then if there's a financial attachment to it, they're going to want that too. And on some level, you know, like I said, student athletes want them to be able to benefit. But I think the way that we're benefiting right now, it's, it's not sustainable no matter what people say. If you're, you know, if, if you don't put that much stock necessarily in these recruiting rankings and all of that stuff, do you even put less stock right now in these, you know, not too early top 25 rankings for, for 2024? I know you all need something to talk about and, and do in the offseason, but do you almost, do you almost kind of have to laugh at that? I mean, I know Michigan, Harbaugh's talking about them losing potentially 20 guys to the draft, which again, if we're talking about reasons to stay, reasons to leave, the reload that's going to have to happen there is kind of crazy. Um, how much stock do you put in these these you know rankings that people try to put out right after the championship? Well, game? I, well, I do one, so I mean, <laughs> not much, I guess. Uh, no, they're hard. They're hard to do because you you couch that with it. To me, it's just to get a, a baseline feel of what's coming back, and then. You see what happens with the portal. You understand spring football is going to happen. It's the same old, same olds. I will say, last year I had Texas in the top 25 and it was laughed at, and things happen. You know, you kind of see the talent on the roster. Um, but for me, it's kind of just to gauge who's, who's looking good roster-wise heading into the next season, knowing with the full understanding. Like Michigan, yeah, we have them four, but I mean, I have a coach. And I have McCarthy, I have 20 guys. I understand that that is made to be made fun of. But at the same time, you know what I'm going to do this afternoon? I'll look at everybody else's and I'll put them all together and put them in a blender and say, when that one spits out there, it looks pretty good. Do you think there's an adjustment period for these for these Pac-12 teams um, that are going to be moving to these other conferences that are, that are more geared and, and based in the East Coast? Do you think there's going to be a struggle for them in their first season there, given the travel? Like, we talk about it all the time in the NFL. Teams traveling East Coast, West Coast. That some of these these, Pac, these Pac-12 teams that are moving over there, that they're going to be at a disadvantage? Yeah, it's going to be hard. Because you look at the Big 12 teams. Like, Cincinnati had a big adjustment to the Big 12. But you got to change the way you recruit. you got to change your style of play. When you've been in the same conference with teams for years – you know, it'd be like Iowa going to the SEC. Yes, they would struggle. It would be not great. Um, and not just because they're offense. So, yeah, I think, but of those teams, I think Oregon's built to contend right away. 
I do. I think Dan Lanning has it in the trenches. I think they have enough skill position talent. They're set at quarterback for the next three years. So I could see them being very good right away in the Big Ten when you combine Michigan's uh, issues with their roster, Ohio State. I watched Oregon go into Ohio State in, I think it was 19, and dominate. So, yeah, it can happen. Uh, last one before I let you go on, Michael Penix, kind of bring everything full circle. We talked about the national championship game. We didn't talk about Penix, who obviously struggled in that game. You mentioned the open receiver. That fourth down play, to me, felt like sort of the turning point in that game, down 17-3, an opportunity to to cut into the lead, misses a wide open receiver. He's been so good with the deep ball all season long, if not better than anybody in the game. Um there's a lot of talk about where he lands in the whole NFL scheme of things. I like guys like him that have played that long at the college level that sort of have, seem unflappable, unfazed by the moment. Um, do you think his game translates to, to the NFL, and, and what kind of quarterback would you wind up comparing him to? Well, he'll play at the next level. A lot of people do the Tua thing because he's left-handed. I don't think that's yeah. – I think it's – it's a Sometimes lazy comparison. It, yeah, just because, well, I'm left-handed too, so <laughs> do I get to be in there? Um, no, I, I, I understand that. I think he'll be a late first-round pick. He'll be in that Will Levis range uh, of player, and maybe he'll get a shot to play depending on the landing spot. But what that told me watching both of them wouldn't be the worst idea for J.J. McCarthy to come back to school, hmm. and then maybe he's a higher draft pick next year. Quinn Ewers is going to face a very similar decision. Um I think that Caleb Williams and Drake May are the only sure things in the first round. Mm. That's the rest of them. There's other ones that are going to get drafted. Maybe Jaden Daniels is because it's a different style. But if I'm a GM, the only two sure things are, are Caleb and Drake. That's Bill Bender. The sure thing for us. He's been fantastic on college football all season long. Uh, enjoy a couple of weeks off, my friend. I'm not going to bother you unless, well... Maybe if there's Jim Harbaugh news, I might bother you. Uh, we can so. do it anytime. You're great to me. I appreciate all the help this season. And, uh, I mean, I'm going straight into NFL playoff stuff, so it'll be fun. I love it. Bill Bender, always enjoy talking to you, my friend. Be well. Thank you. We're back with more sports wrap. Andrew Martian next. Sports wrap continues on this Wednesday. Thanks to Bill Bender for hanging out with us from the Sporting News. Even Bill told me off the air, I want to hear what Andrew Marchand has to say. True story. Uh, Andrew Marchand from the New York Post hanging out with us on the program today. See, and it's always cool when your peers in the sports writing world say, I want to hear what Andrew Marchand has to say about this Pat McAfee, ESPN, Aaron, Aaron Rodgers, Jimmy Kimmel thing is concerned. All right, I want to blow through a bunch of things with you as fast as I can. Um, you wrote on a, on something that came out late last night as I, as I was sitting here preparing for the show that this is a disaster. And look, we talked what five months ago and I said, I thought this was going to be a disaster. So I'm kind of curious to get your take on just how rapidly this situation has devolved. Well, I just think if you look at it, you know, what happened on Tuesday afternoon, you know, you have McAfee show on 
Aaron Rodgers is the guest, and the biggest news in the NFL is Mike Vrabel uh, being fired. Shocking, you know, firing. Um, something you want to turn to ESPN to listen about. And Aaron Rodgers is talking about the Epstein list, Jimmy Kimmel, uh, COVID, Dr. Fauci, uh, taking some rips on some, some TV executives that people don't know who they are, swearing. Um, I mean, that's pretty bad to me. You also had the national championship game, which I didn't mention in my column, but they had that as well that they could have been reacting to. So, look, do I, I think Pat is talented. Um, I think the issue right now for ESPN, especially on linear TV, is that I think they've tried to put the internet on TV, and I don't know if that works. I think that's kind of a common thing. Like, you see a lot of times networks, I've always wondered about this, why they put now X, formerly Twitter, the handles of everyone under their name on TV. It's under yours. It's under yours right now. <laughs> well, uh, I don't really get it, right? Like, like two things. Number one, um, why are there you or anybody promoting Twitter? <laughs> um, I don't really understand that. Number two, it's like counterintuitive to me. Like, yeah, it's possible someone's listening and they're on Twitter and they're like, oh, I'll go follow um, me or you or whomever. But I think if you really want to follow somebody on Twitter, you just go on Twitter, you try to find their handle. Um, and so I just don't, I never have understood why we give everything away to, to X, but that's another story. <laughs> um, the Norby Williamson thing last week where he's basically coming out and saying Norby Williamson's leaking information to Andrew Marchand uh, over at, over at, you know, the New York post. What was your level of surprise that he sort of blasted Norby publicly the way he did? Yeah, it was like, I know, you know, I can't get into sourcing. No, no, no. That co- I would yeah, no, no, I know you're that. not, I know you're not asking me that, but just in general rule, I can't get into sourcing because, um, uh, you know, if I say for this story, for that story, I will point out that column had no sources in it. Um, and the ratings information is public information that's easily accessible from a lot of people. Um, so so to my level of surprise, yeah, that was surprising to me that uh, um, that McAfee went after Norby Williamson, who's about third in charge at ESPN, uh, kind of an old school guy. He's a made man. Uh, yeah, made man. But um, to go at him... So um, aggressively, you don't normally hear that. And ESPN's in a weird spot because they license the show from McAfee. So he's not technically an employee. It's his show. They just pay him a lot of money for it. Um, And this is one of the issues that, you know, they don't really have a way to rein him in, you know, unless they take him off the air. And that's obviously a possibility if this thing continues to evolve the way it does. I don't know. I think he still could do a show on YouTube. Sure he could. Yeah, and then it'll be counterculture, and it'll be, uh, you know, he'll he'll rip on ESPN forever. And so um, he kind of has him boxed in. He's not dumb. No, he's not. Um, but do you think ultimately that it's going in that direction, that they're going to allow him to track? I mean, look, I, I worked for ESPN briefly when I worked for ESPN Radio in New York. Uh, I've worked for one of their affiliates, and I've seen how they react being in the shadow of Bristol if they hear you criticizing anything coming out of there. I mean, are are they going to allow him to just continue to? It's almost like Howard Stern when he was when he was almost daring them to fire him before he went to Sirius XM. It has that sort of feel to it. Are they just going to allow this to go on for the next? What'd you say, fifty two months, fifty five months? Yeah, it's a, it's a five year contract. Well, I think the issue that I wrote for the original column I did last week is that 
is he worth the headache? And so when you talk about Howard Stern at a radio station, as you know, from your experience and your jobs, the talk show host is the most important person at a radio station, at a talk radio station. Those are the most important people, especially the one who's the king of all media and is the most successful talk show host in terms of financials. And you could argue overall of all time, uh, that person is going to be the most important at a TV network. A talk show host is not very important. You know, having the NFL games is important. Having the national championship is important. Having the NBA is important. There's a million things that come that are more important than Pat McAfee for ESPN. Um, and so, uh, so I, I, so when he's a headache, even if he is talented and he is good, um, you know, is it worth it for them? And I think if the ratings aren't better, then it's not really worth it for him. Um, do the ratings justify, and you kind of alluded to this a little bit there, do his ratings, linear TV, not taking how many people are watching on YouTube for five minutes and then turning it off and who are bots and who are real people and all this stuff. Does it justify what they're paying him and the headache combined? Well, if you look at the deal, the deal is that he pays all his people. So it's not just like he's getting 17 plus million per year. He has to pay all his people. You know, he pays Aaron Rodgers a million plus per Which, year. Which, by the way, I thought was interesting yesterday when Aaron Rodgers was like, oh, this is important and you're so good and I'm so glad that you're on the air. Yeah, Aaron, mention the fact that he's also paying you to come on. That's what McAfee originally, because I reported that, and McAfee was mad about that, even though he admitted it was true, um, which I'm not sure exactly what I'm supposed to do there, um, <laughs> you know, just reporting facts. Uh, but um, so, you know, uh yeah, at the end of the day, if it, uh, is he worth it? I mean, right now I would say no. I mean, we're talking about this. What ESPN should be talking about, what the, the discussion about ESPN right now should be about how successful the college football semifinals and championship were. Yeah, you wrote this last they have night. an NFL mm-hmm. playoff game this weekend, and then or Monday night, and then the following weekend they have another one. Um, those are the real stories that ESPN should be telling because that's what really drives ESPN is the games. And so uh, this McAfee thing is kind of a distraction. And, you know, they can talk about TikToks and this and that. And, they, yeah, that is part of it. And they want to get younger, and I get that, and that's definitely part of it. But they did put him on linear TV for two hours. So he's on regular TV for two hours, and he's losing nearly 50% of Stephen A's first take audience. It's so crazy. That's not, that's not yeah. worth it for sure. Uh, I got 10 seconds. If we talk a year from now, is he still with ESPN? Uh, I take the under. Yes, I'll say no. Andrew Marsh, Andy, does a terrific job at the New York Post. I have always appreciated you, my friend. Thank you. Thanks, Jason. We're coming back. More to do on this edition of the Sports Wrap, NFL Wild Card Notes, and a whole bunch more. Attention families with a loved one in a nursing home. If your loved one has suffered from bed sores, falls, broken bones, dehydration, or even death, you may be entitled to a substantial settlement. If you have a loved one who is injured in a nursing home, we will find out what happened. State violations are found against nursing homes every day. You have a limited time to file your claim, so don't wait. Call 800-398-5999 and speak with one of our attorneys. The call is confidential and free. Sports Wrap continues on this Wednesday. Thank you again to uh, Andrew Marchand for hanging out with us from the New York Post and giving us some thoughts on the Pat McAfee, Aaron Rodgers, ESPN kerfuffle. Uh, Just to add on to that, 
I watched the start of Pat McAfee's show today, and he took a good seven or eight minutes at the start of the show to address what is going on in this whole thing with um, him and ESPN and their relationship. And look, he's standing... He's he's like the uh, you know the animal that stands up to the bear. They tell you to stand up, you know, if you're gonna if you're gonna go up against a bear to to stand up against it and try and scare it. He's staring down the bear. Um, said he's not taking back anything he said last Friday about Norby Williamson. He took time to to take shots at some of the old guard at ESPN, taking shots at people that think he cut the line to get the opportunity he has, saying, hey, it's not my fault that I don't have an agent and I can negotiate better deals than you guys can. But what he also said, and I think it's interesting, is he talked about being glad that yesterday was the last Aaron Rodgers Wednesday uh, or Tuesday. He talked about the fact that he's glad that he doesn't have to talk about Aaron Rodgers anymore. Which leads me to wonder, and while he said, you know, we're thankful and he's the first battle Hall of Famer, he's just glad he doesn't have to talk about it anymore. Which leads me to wonder if we will see Aaron Rodgers back on that show next year. That that might even be, well, because McAfee stands up and says, I have all the creative control over this show. Nobody tells me what to do. That's literally what he just said. But I wonder if even Aaron Rodgers was too much for him. And if we'll see Rogers back on the show next year. Uh, with that, let's say hello to our friend Sam Yarnell, who's hanging out with us on the program as he does each and every day. You got something you want to add on that, Sam? I do. I just I gotta I gotta add this because you said it, and I personally I didn't watch the the opening yes. monologue for McAfee this morning. I was doing other things, but yes, you uh, were. Um, here's the thing: it, it's not true. Pat McAfee saying that he can broker better deals because he uh, there is empirical evidence against that statement. He was with an agent when he negotiated his FanDuel deal, and his FanDuel deal was bigger than his ESPN deal. He just happened to walk away from it because he wanted a bigger platform. The fact of the matter is, as Pat McAfee has gotten further and further away from legal representation, personal legal representation, not uh, corporate, He's brokered worse and worse deals. The arg- There's an argument to be made that his best deal was his one when he was with Barstool. Realistically, it gave him the most creative freedom, which seems to be, for some reason, what he values the most. But he continues to walk further and further away from said creative freedom for a bigger platform and kind of, sort of, mul- we'll just say multiple millions of dollars because it was more money at FanDuel than it is at ESPN. But that's neither here nor there. Pat McAfee is not a good business person. He's not a good media business person. So let's not fool ourselves just because he stands up in front of us all with a really loud voice and says that he is. I mean, he did broker an $85 million deal. I mean... That he walked away from a $100 million deal I, to get to walk into. And I he had to pay more exposure. a bunch of money to yeah, leave it early. I, I, I know. I, I understand some of what you're saying. But, you know, and he does... And, and look, I will say this. Creative control means everything. There's a reason why I started my own media company and said... I will suffer the slings and arrows and everything that goes with that in building that from the ground 
to get to where we are today, where we're now on television and we'll continue to grow and be on more stations every week, every day with the daily show, more broadcast affiliates with the weekend show. The reason I did that is exactly what he talked about. And that is creative control. I left a, I I mean, I, I couldn't come to terms on a deal with, um, the radio partner I was working with. Um, which that deal ended in September. And one of the things they brought up, and and Sam and I have talked about this, was my adding of Sam to our radio show. And I'll go down with that ship every day because I think think Sam is the future of of sports media. And I, I would have literally said, forget it. There is no deal if I can't have Sam as part of the show. I believe that strongly in that. That's creative freedom. So at the end of the day, that's something that mattered to me. And having the ability to talk about whatever I want to talk about, when I want to talk about it, within reasons and within limits, we're not trying to make anybody lose their FCC license or anything like that. I've been in this industry 30 years this year. And I'm still only in my 40s, by the way. I'm not some, you know, old grizzled <laughs> man. But I, that stuff matters. The ability to have creative control over what you talk about matters. So I understand the McAfee aspect of that, but he keeps poking the bear. Now he says this is the last time he's going to poke the bear. That was the one thing he said today. They made clear. He's done trying to, he said, he admitted we've brought attention on ourselves that we did not want to bring. He's openly admitted to that. So now let's see if he can sort of be the the model citizen. Because I get the sense that the folks at ESPN said, look, any more of this stuff, and we are going to pull the show off the air. And yeah, he's got other places he can go. He's got other outlets he can move to if, if ESPN decides to do that. But he clearly likes what he gets in terms of the exposure that ESPN affords him. All right. Now that I've blown up the entire segment... We will come back. Something to consider. A whole bunch of NFL playoff stuff to get to. And some Bill Belichick news. That's next as we continue on the Sports Wrap. Hi, friends. Richard Karn here. Now, I'm known as the guy who can fix just about anything, but the technology in most appliances requires very special training to fix. And that's why my family has Choice Home Warranty. Choice Home Warranty covers over 25 major home systems and appliances. That's your AC, heating, plumbing, kitchen and laundry appliances, and so much more. Imagine for less than a cup of coffee a day, Choice Home Warranty can help protect you from expensive major system and appliance breakdowns that your homeowner's insurance doesn't cover. Call Choice Home Warranty now and get access to a nationwide network of over 15,000 technicians and the latest appointment setting technology so you'll know when they're on their way. So do what this old DIYer did and call Choice Home Warranty now before something breaks down. Get protection for your heating, AC, plumbing, kitchen and laundry appliances and more. Call for your free quote today. Call in the next five minutes and get your first month free. 800-394-8109. That's 800-394-8109. Sports Rat proceeds on this Wednesday. Been a busy show. Bill Bender, Andrew Marchand, 
Talked about the latest in the Aaron Rodgers, Pat McAfee, ESPN kerfuffle. It's a word that doesn't get used enough. Kerfuffle. Uh, Odds and ends right around the corner, but um, something to consider. And because we kind of blew up the, the last segment, with the Aaron Rodgers, Pat McAfee stuff, and and some of you know sort of the inside baseball on on some of the things going on in media today, um, we'll shift the NFL stuff I wanted to get into here into something to consider. And Sam Yarnell, Mason Rudolph will be the starting quarterback this weekend in Buffalo against the Bills in what's going to be a weather game. They're talking about forty mile an hour winds. Uh, really like Arctic-like conditions there in Buffalo. I think it. I think it really gives more of an edge to Pittsburgh. I'm not saying I, I pick Pittsburgh to win the game, but that 10-point spread that goes along with it. I know there's no TJ Watt. I know you think Josh Allen has a cannon for an arm, but throwing in that kind of condition is going to be difficult. I think it makes it a grinded out under 36 and a half plus 10 Pittsburgh sort of day. Josh Allen does not have a cannon for an arm, Jason. Let's get it straight. Bazooka. Josh Allen is the rocket arm. He makes people with a cannon for an arm, like Joe Flacco, who has a cannon for an arm. Uh, he makes them look like college quarterbacks, quite frankly. Josh Allen has the strongest arm in the NFL. I'd really like to see another quarterback throw the ball as far with as much power as he can. All that beside the point. I would just like to say that yesterday you did say you were going to sprinkle on the Pittsburgh money line. It's a great number. I can't fault you for that. I think the Steelers cover in this game. Talking about the quarterback. You talked me into sprinkling, by the way. That's right. 100% did. And I'm taking credit (laughs) for that now. It's hard to do. It's hard to convince me to, to, to alter where my money's going. You mentioned Mason Rudolph is going to be the starter for the Steelers Mm -hmm. in this game, Jason. And realistically, do we think that if the Bills are up, I would say, more than three touchdowns at halftime, right? So if we're looking at a. But okay. If we're looking at a 21 nothing game at halftime, 24 nothing, 27 3, something like that, just saying, for argument's sake. Do we see Kenny Pickett in the second half of I that game? I think there's a very good chance we see Kenny Pickett because even Mike Tomlin said he's just riding the hot hand right now with Mason Rudolph. It's not that he thinks he's better than Kenny Pickett. I think he's just riding the hot hand right now. So I, I think you would see Kenny. I think if they're down 17-3 at the half, you see Kenny Pickett in the second half. If they struggle offensively, it could be 10 nothing at the half. And I think you'd see Kenny Pickett if... The signs are pointing to Mason Rudolph struggling. It may not matter who the quarterback is. It may just be a grind it out, run it 40 times. You know, run it 45 times. Try to keep the ball out of Josh Allen's hands as much as you can. Move the sticks and and win a 16-13 game if you're Pittsburgh. That's the way they've had to win all year. So I don't it's know true. why I don't know why it would differ now uh, if we're talking about that kind of situation. All right. Uh, a couple other things I want to get to here. The forecast in Kansas City. They're talking about ice bowl-like <laughs> situation. They're talking about one of the coldest games in the history of the NFL with the weather there. Does it bring Miami closer? Or is it more of an advantage for Kansas City, who we already know is so good defensively? 
I think it's more of an advantage to Kansas City. I don't see Miami. I to borrow to here. This will work with the winter weather. I don't give them a snowball's chance in hell of winning this weekend. I don't see a play in this game other than the Dolphins on the money line. Under. That said, I'm That's not. That's the play. Under. I'm not confident and in. I'm not confident in the Dolphins. I'm not confident in the Chiefs. I'm I'm just not confident in this game, quite frankly. My note on it is, I think it is positively hilarious mm-hmm. that at the beginning of last season, when the Bills had to go down into 110-degree weather in Miami and play an entire football game where players were quite literally passing out on the field from heat exhaustion, and Bills fans complained, Miami Dolphins fans were all up in arms and saying they were using any excuse. We have not even kicked off this game. And there is a massive contingent of Miami Dolphins fans telling the league that they need to move it to Indianapolis for player safety. And this game should be played inside. (laughs) Football, unfortunately, was made to be played outside. And this game is not getting moved. It's going to be played in that awesome cold weather. You're going to see massive vapor clouds when these guys are just lining up at the line of scrimmage. I can't wait. I will hold uh, the Bill Belichick conversation for odds and ends uh, because I want to talk about Matt Eberflus real quick. The Bears have made it clear. They're axing the offensive coordinator there. They're keeping Eberflus. And I want to just caution them on this. Listen up, Chicago Bears. This is an offseason now that has Jim Harbaugh on the coaching pool. It has Mike Vrabel in the coaching pool. It may have Bill Belichick in the coaching pool, which we'll get to on the other side. If you are sticking with Matt Eberflus, you had better be damn well sure that he is the guy to take whatever this team is, whether it's Justin Fields, whether it's Caleb Williams, whether it's Drake May, you better be damn sure that he is the guy to lead your team because you are about to miss out on a bunch of coaches in this cycle that could be better options. I thought Mina Kimes put it the best yesterday, Jason. She had a tweet. This is a historically good free agent coaching class. Yeah. You got to be so convinced that your coach is the guy to lead you to a title if you're sticking with him after this. I want the Bills to trade McDermott. Get rid of him. I'm shocked with the guys that are out there that they're sticking with Eberflus. I'm absolutely shocked. My boggling. Yeah, it is. We'll see what happens. Odds and ends. Bill Belichick. Is he staying in New England or not? Conflicting information. It's next on the Sports Wrap. All right, just about time to wrap things up on this Wednesday. Odds and ends. All right, Sammy Arnell. Tom Curran and NBC Sports Boston. Old friend of mine, Tom Curran. Um, saying that despite the approach from you know Bill Belichick, the business as usual, that he's willing to give up GM control and just be a head coach and focus on the on-the-field stuff. Despite all of that, you have... NBC Sports Boston sticking by a report from mid-December from their intrepid reporter Tom Curran that Bill Belichick is going to be out, that his 24-year tenure with the Pats is over. Um, 
And it's kind of interesting that if that's the case, why hasn't it happened yet? If 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 this was a fait accompli and he was going to be gone, I don't know why he's still there. Did, did Curran get it wrong? Did they Could they have had a change of heart because he gave up the GM control? Because they're, they're still sticking by their story that Gerard Mayo is going to be the next head coach of the Patriots right now. Yeah, it's very, it's very New England Patriots, isn't it? That's my takeaway from this whole thing. And I, I feel like every turn that we get in this story, it just always feels like it's very New England Patriots of the way that they're going about this. This is an organization that's been secretive about every move that they've made down to how much they pay players as much as they possibly could without, you know, getting yelled at by the NFLPA for the last better part of the last decade and a half, two decades. Uh, yeah, you knew that this was how this was going to end. It was going to be very confusing. It was going to come down to the last minute. Listen, if they hired Gerard Mayo to be their coach a week before the draft, I won't be surprised. And if Bill Belichick is their coach for the next five years, I won't be surprised. Again, the New England Patriots can do and do do whatever they want. It's how they operate. It's what Robert Kraft believes in. Let me let me read you the quote from, from uh, Tom Curran on this. Quote, I think they're methodical in the way they do things. And the fact that Mike Vrabel has kind of cannonballed into the coaching pool here, I don't know if that would necessarily cause them to alter the course of what they're planning to do, Curran said, of Patriots ownership. So to me, we reported a month ago, Curran says, that a decision had been made and the Patriots would be parting ways with Bill Belichick. That remains what I believe will happen this week or in the near future at least. And I believe they will stay on the course with Gerard Mayo as the next head coach. Watch this space. Um, Yeah, yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be very interesting to watch. But is that not an insanely like that itself? I know it was written by, by our friend Tom and not necessarily the Patriots, but is that not a Patriots way of putting it even by the reporter? Yeah, it is. And, and look, you know, this organization has has been has done really well at closing ranks and keeping things in house. And maybe Tom does have his source, and I, I wouldn't doubt it. I've known him for a zillion years. But if there was any organization that, even if you had a source within them, could go a different direction than what you originally thought they would, it would absolutely be uh, the New England Patriots. All right, last one. Something fun to finish with. What's the most you've ever spent on a vacation? I, I think the most I've ever spent was a trip to Vegas. Um, New Year's of like 2012. I went to Vegas for a weekend and dropped probably 5K in a weekend between bedding and dinners. We went to Nobu, you know, did did that whole thing. It's about as much as I've ever dropped on a vacation. Well, Magic Johnson's got you beat. Yes, that Magic Johnson, who has reportedly spent $1.25 million per week on a vacation last summer, a 42-day luxury cruise with Samuel L. Jackson, Michael Jordan, and Judge Mathis. Again, if we say which name doesn't belong and why, you could take Judge Mathis, and that would be the one you would say. Which person doesn't belong on this cruise? You would have said it's Judge Mathis. Apparently, he's got ins with Magic, MJ, and Samuel L. Jackson. Well, Jason, Um, if you take a judge, you get out of whatever trouble you get into on the vacation. It's a very, (laughs) very witty move. Magic Johnson playing chess won this vacation. 
$1.25 million per week Magic spent on this cruise with Samuel L. Jackson, Michael Jordan, and Judge Mathis. Um, Magic, by the way, officially became a billionaire in October, I just want to say. And this cruise went to Croatia. Uh, it also went to, let's see, what other uh, luxurious places did it go? It went to Sicily, went to a whole bunch of different places. What's the, what's the great, let me ask you real quick, greatest vacation you've ever gone on, Sam Yar now? Uh, it's a tough question to answer on air, and it's just the most the vacation I've spent the most on back in 2021, right after COVID had started to kind of let loose or uh-huh. loosen up, I should say. My then girlfriend and I went on this all expense paid trip to Turks and Caicos. Uh, that was probably the best vacation I've ever been Turks on. Turks and a Caicos. That's that's luxurious. That's a that's a pretty cool trip. I mean, I did Indonesia. I've done Bali. I've done um, Thailand. Bangkok was really cool. I don't think I've gone on my best vacation yet. How's that? I want to do Antarctica. I want to do a cruise to Antarctica. That's on my list. Yeah. A couple of long flights. I want to do the cruise to Antarctica. That's the one I'm looking forward to. It's going to do it for us. Thank you to our guests, Andrew Marshand and Bill Bender. I'm Jason Page. Thanks, Sam. We'll see you all back here tomorrow for the Sports Wrap.